tip. Good afternoon. It is May 24th, 2022. You're listening to a little column A, a little column B, hosted by Will Lehman, also co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? Today, we have a big anniversary to celebrate. It is the 50-year anniversary of Don Gorks that has eaten a Big Mac pretty much every day for 50 years. He missed eight days, but besides that, every day, 50 years. Every day? That's insane. Every day. 365 days, over 50 years, and only missed eight. So missed... So, missed less than one day a year. Do you think he still enjoys it? Is is it still satisfying? Still enjoys it. Right in the article, he said he plans on eating a Big Mac until the day that he dies. He set the record, probably because most people don't even track this, in 1999 for most Big Macs eaten at uh, 15,490. And since then... He still has the record, and it's over 30,000. So he has not just one, but on most days has two Big Macs a day. Wait, what? <laughs> is, who's, is This isn't even for competition. He really does enjoy this. That's, that's you know, I, I there's something wrong with that routine. I don't know really how to pick at it, but you know, he's, he's got a ritual. He's used to it. But man, that just seems so unhealthy. As well as just so limited. Wouldn't you want to try something else? Like, is there any meal in the world you could imagine just settling for for the rest of your life every day? I think it's more that it's a it's a Big Mac, so it's not even a burger. Just because I could say the pizza. There's all sorts of different kinds of pizzas. So you could have a slice of pizza every day, and you could go a while before you had the same slice of pizza for a while. But I think that it's a it's the same type of hamburger that really really limits you i was actually i was more interested in the eight days that he missed and what happened on those eight days what do, do you think came up i can't imagine he was sick because i'm thinking even i'm thinking funeral wedding there are mcdonald's is everywhere i can't so, think of anywhere in the world that there's not a mcdonald's well actually they're shutting them down in russia so very soon there'll be no more mcdonald's uh in russia ever again are people still uh, vacationing there? I mean, how else? What is he, what is he doing in Russia? He's fine. I, I don't know. I don't know. But because I'm trying to think of any big life event. All the ones, like I said, funeral, wedding, graduation, bar mitzvah. They are all event. Like none of them take up the, the entire day. So you could go in the, I guess maybe not in the morning, but, you know, 10 o'clock when they switch over to, to lunchtime, you get your Big Mac or, you know, late night. After the event, you'd still be able to get your Big Mac. So I, I, I gotta imagine it's it's when he was when he was sick, and you know just couldn't, you know, too nauseous to even even eat his his normal meal or be able to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any ideas? What if these are the only seven days he actually made burgers himself? No, absolutely not. No chance. These aren't the barbecue days. No. Chance. No. no, he's not making his own burgers. He has no, no no no. There's no compromising here. He's happy with what he's getting. It's easier than making it himself. I don't know how affordable McDonald's truly is anymore, but I I don't eat it, so I really can't vouch for it. So it's I just I don't think there's any meal in the world I think I could be happy with just settled every day like this, not not one, and so limited of a meal too. It's not even like eating the best bur- fast food burger. I mean, we could start that conversation now, but I don't know where that's. It's not gonna help this guy. He's got a thing. He's happy with that. That's not the issue here. Like, do you think he like went to Shake Shack on those like seven days? Maybe he just upgraded those are the the fancy de- fancy meals. I don't think so. Maybe maybe that's Taco Bell days. He just re- really mix it up here. Panda Express. I think you still do. You 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 go multi. I think it's uh it's got to be more the the ritual of it. Do you think they know his, they must know his order and who he is at this point? Do you think he goes to the same one? Uh, I got to imagine if you're going every day, it's got to be the one that's closest to your house. So, yeah, he's got to definitely be a regular. Man, things you don't want to be known for. <laughs> this is going to go on that list. I suppose there's worse things. Is there? I'll Serial wait. killer. Serial <laughs> killer. Well, that, that, that's a very uh, unusual ritual, I, I would say, especially for a daily, twice-a-day sort of thing. 
But, you know, how about the single night games that we're getting out of the NBA right now? Are we happy with that? Or do we want do you want more time between all this? I, I like there's a game on every day. It keeps it relevant. But I'm looking at our both these both these series this whole round have been terrible. There has been one close game, blowout after blowout, and, and blowouts after the get-go, too. Just game over, not even a close moment here. The Celtics, <laughs> I don't know how to, how to possibly describe this, a team that has now won out of the 16 quarters. What, what have we won? 12? More? 14? I, 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 I don't want to track it. It's it's bad. They keep throwing it in my face, especially after, uh, after game three, but I, I don't like it. To me, it's moral victory talk. It's loser talk, and I hate it, and I purposely did not track it last night. I think we won all of them last night. We for sure won the first one, and we won the game, and that's the most important part. How do you not find their irrelevance to this? There's four quarters. We've won almost all of them. That's not comforting to you? It's a little better now. Now the series is uh, tied 2-2, but when we're, we're you're, you're down a game, it doesn't matter if you win. It's just like we did. Like, oh, well, you, you won almost all the quarters. It's like, well, because we were so terrible in the two quarters that we did lose, we lost those games because we were that bad. I think you can fix that. That's an easy fix. It's better than having to fix eight quarters is really what I'm saying. It's 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 definitely fixable. Uh, it it's not it's not a bad stat. It's just I, I feel like people are trying to find the the silver lining. Just going, oh well, you know, you won most of the quarters. Like, yeah, but we lost the game. Lost two of the games. Like we can't we can't come out and get whooped up in the first quarter and then try to make this uh, you know miraculous comeback where you you chip away and you win those other quarters. Well, you're still down by double digits. Well, out of the four games, we've had a different roster every game, which is why I think there's a bit of an issue to these every night games, every other. Do you think there should at least be a gap maybe between four and five or before six and seven, something? Or we're, we're okay with this. This is, this makes it, I guess, more competitive and more challenging to do that not any team can do it. And it's feeling like almost no team can do this. There's injuries almost every year, but the, the, the stress and the physicality of, of these past two series for Boston – have not been the traditional physicality, I think, of the past couple of years, and that is just wearing on us. We're, we're, I don't even know if we're going to have a full roster come in if we're even successful to advance this series. I have no idea what's going to be left of us, which is really banged up. I mean, Rob has been in and out. Smart has been in and out. Horford misses a game. I, I want to give Tatum, I feel like he's a little beat up, and Brown has been up and down of having 40-point games with seven turnovers, and it's a yin and yang of, that's great, but was that even a good game? Like I, I don't know. We didn't win it. And I think they should space this out, though, is really what I'm saying. As a fan, would you be upset having it on every night? I'm trying to think in the in the past if it's been every other night. I Maybe I'm kind of more focused on the, on the finals, but I always thought on the – it was every other and then on the in-between – and travel would get you, you know there'd be maybe not every time but there'd be a two a two day break but you they, they have not been doing it I, I don't really think it's contributed to uh to causing the inj- injuries uh it definitely makes it harder to come back you just, you, you have less time where marcus smart you know twists his ankle really bad on saturday in game three I don't think because he was tired he did that, but it, for sure if he, you know, we played tonight instead of last night, another 24 hours, maybe he's able to, you know, maybe he's able to come back. But I, I can't complain too much on the, the the fairness of it because both teams are struggling with injuries. But maybe maybe you're right on the on the on the quality of play. But I don't know. Does the extra day does does it really move the needle on it? I've seen both these teams play a lot better. I, I made the joke with you last night that Milwaukee would beat both of these current teams, and I don't know how that makes any sense at all, where Boston wasn't having a dominant performance than them, but I think they proved that they were the better team. And here they have proved again that they are the better team. If you ask me against Miami, yeah, it's 2-2. So we have a very odd way of proving we're the better team by losing some games, and I guess if you want to apply to your theory where that doesn't really count as moral victories or we're not going to count them, you know, then what good is it? It's, it just feels like we're wasting great opportunities if you're Boston there, there's a game there where Jimmy Butler didn't play a second half like that that should be an advantage for us I don't know where you point at the roster outside of Bam 
which why are we not focusing on that in the game we lost in game three? We're, who, who are you waiting to beat you? There, there's not anyone else out here. Let's just focus on Bam. Time Lord apparently is the factor in really slowing him down, having the, the help side. But I think it's just simple turnovers. It just seems like lazy stuff that we can fix. The whole world knows we can't dribble right now, so maybe we should take care of the ball because the whole world is pressuring us. And yet we seem to be so lazy with the ball, regularly dribbling it up, and the splitting double teams by Jalen Brown, it's never going to work. It's it's never worked. It's never going to work. Why does he keep doing it? It seems like he's not learning from this and that he's hoping one day the defense just won't challenge him on that, and he keeps getting swiped on it. I don't know why he keeps repeating the same error over and over again without making any contributions of changing anything it's 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 frustrating because I want to like him and it feels like there's so many flaws being pointed out to him almost unfairly to this point where we're still having a chance to succeed and move on and, and we're just all over like Jalen can't do this Jalen's getting picked on a defense he can't dribble he's having good games and bad games streaky shooter I don't know how it all adds up it's, it's been a wild series it's just uncomfortable as a Celtics fan going forward. I feel good and I feel bad at the same time. How are you feeling? We seem to be more in, in control. It, it is what we're going to do and less of what Miami's going to do. In the games that we've lost, we've turned the ball over way too much, especially in those terrible quarters. Talking about quarter three of game one and the first quarter of game three. First quarter of game three, the Heat scored 39 points. Last game, last night, game four, they only had 33 points in the whole first half. Some of that we didn't shoot particularly well last uh, last night. Uh, Rob being in there definitely helped force them to shoot way more twos. Uh, they were a lot less aggressive. Uh, could have been could have been some of the injuries. I, I think it's a combination of the injuries and Rob being in the in the lane, and you have to really be concerned about him. Definitely a huge upgrade over Tice because they just feasted on Tice in game three. And I think that kind of contributed to some of the problems. And, you know, once they got down by that much, they, they were frustrated and they were fouling more. So, but like our three point percentage was not that great. We did get to the line a whole bunch. So that's kind of what, what helped out. But I, th I think it's going to be having, having Robin there and just not turning the ball over, especially live ball turnovers. Like the, the those really just crap quarters where they just hounded us, like you said, loose with the ball, and they're just going in for layups. When we can just get our defense set, it's a whole different ball game. So I just hope we can go in, we're going in back back into Miami tomorrow, and we don't even have to do anything crazy or newfangled offense. It's just don't throw it to the other team. If we could force them to have as many half-court possessions as possible, they won't win the game. They won't win the game. We are giving them the games here where we are giving them more opportunities than their offense is even capable of having. That half-court is a limit. If they run that half-court offense 100 times, it's only going to get them 100 or whatever points. Like The, the math doesn't add up. They're being granted by bail. They're being bailed out for even participating in a half-court because we keep turning the ball over and giving them layups. I also think guys are starting to get a little worn out on their side as well. I'm talking about some injuries on our team. P.J. Tucker was great, but I, I think that's starting to add up a little bit. That's both some age. You know, he's he's getting called for more fouls, and I don't know if that's because he's a step behind or because he's got a little bit more of a spotlight on him. Either way, those are swing opportunities for us that have both gone poorly and to our advantage. We've shot a lot of free throws. We haven't always shot them well, but the games we've gotten calls, the games we've we've been comfortable in, and those are the games we've we've won. I don't know if I like that going forward, knowing that we if we don't get the calls and they're physical with us, we just kind of walk away. We we, we kind of gave up in that game three. I didn't feel good about it at all. You thought we gave gave up in game three? We we were down twenty six points and we got it down to one point. I was like giving up. It's like the opposite. I think that's more of them. That's more to do with Miami than us. I think Miami's just coasting. Uh, smart, like, snapped his ankle in half and came back and played. I don't know how you could say that's giving up. If yeah. he, he, he could have easily given up. I don't think anybody would have blamed him. Like, you really shouldn't be talking about game three right now. It's, it's, it's Game four was the, the highlights. That's what we should be talking about. Game three is in the past. There's nothing to pick apart here unless you really want to pick on your guy Tatum. I don't know what happens there. 
Falls yeah. down. Ugh. Doesn't look like there's a lot of contact. Stays down. Goes in the locker room. Comes out okay. And then it's just not okay. It's absent. It's like it was almost like he got a concussion. Questionable. Yeah, it's just uh, it's frustrating closing. having uh, another another dud game in, in the series. Uh, came back 30-plus points. Easily could have had more, but we, we blew him out. So no need to play the much, much in the uh, in the fourth quarter, really, really in the second half. But just these these duds, and he's he's had them in the past before. Of how how does he only have ten points? I mean, he had ten points, I think, in the first quarter last night, and there was a, there was one play where he did a super athletic up and under, and it's just like how how did you not have this two days ago? Same building, same team, same team you're going against. It just frustrating. Of just how 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 does this happen? So I could point to game three and say if Tatum just comes alive in that last five minutes when he returns from his quote-unquote injury, that's a game what we could have won. quote-unquote? What, 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 what happened? He had a, he had a shoulder ahead. impingement. It's a stinger. Go ahead. It's on, it's ex- on the injury ex- report. Explain, explain this to me. What happened? S- something happened. He, it was on the injury report for, for this game. Did you see him during the game? He was constantly lifting his arm up, like trying to like – Loosen it up. You've had shoulder shoulder issues before. It doesn't take much, especially on your shooting arm. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. His shoulder's fine. It's in his head. You think it's in his head? I don't. I don't think it was injured on that play. It might have been hurting before that, but he just had a really bad game and chose to lay down on that play. I, I also don't want. Why did we that, continue to play? That is ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. You think that Jason Tatum, All Star decided that his feelings were hurt in a game that we had a chance to win. And so he laid down and then went back to the locker room and then came back later. What were his feelings unhurt all of a sudden? That makes no sense. He had an awful closing after that. He might as well have not come back. Because his shoulder was hurt. His shoulder's fine. His shoulder's so fine. This is a weird one you're going to take to your grave. I get it. You got to ride for your your school and your, your team here. There's no reason to... I think I think it's a huge accusation to say that he quit and that he's faking an injury. You're gonna find a lot more people that agree with me than you. That you're just on the the fandom here. You just you won't take off the Celtics hat right here. You gotta you gotta be unbiased for a podcast. We, we'd like to have more listeners than just Celtics. No, fans. we very much do not have to be unbiased for a podcast. I looked into that uh, a while back. That is not actually a rule. But I think uh, I feel like you're questioning his manhood, and it's just it seems like a pretty serious allegation. Or something that you don't you're you're not him. You you don't know what what the what what hurts and what doesn't. Like you just said, the Milwaukee Bucks series was uh was very physical. The series with the with the Nets was less so, but you know the the past two we've been given they, we've been getting the like Kevin Durant treatment that we gave to him in that first series of uh, Tucker is all over him, not giving him any space at all, probably bumping him on on every play, and I could easily see. You, you get you get bumped and then you fall down and like you, you fall weird and it's like dude my shoulders messed up. That's fine. I just don't think it happened on that play. It's 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 fine. It's okay. I I you know what? Are you more shocked by Dallas being down 0-3 or Miami Boston being tied two two? Hmm. I guess I would say based on last week when we were discussing that. Dallas would be down 3-0. Just coming in, I'm pretty sure you would ask me who was the best player in the series. Uh, said Luca. We both pretty much agreed. You know, it was close, but that Luca made sense. And just, hey, if you got the best player, you're going to win a game. You're not going to go down 3-0. And that's uh, that's where they find themselves. Uh, one of the games was competitive, uh, where Dallas was up by double digits, and then they just kind of shot themselves in the foot, and that got away from them. But the uh, – the, the game last night was not very competitive. Uh, kind of to go back to that, the the whole conference finals. I think uh, I saw something that was saying even going back, it's like the last seventeen games. There's been seven minutes of clutch basketball, and like the average margin of victory is, I think it was nineteen points. If if you are, if you don't have a team playing in these playoffs, this is these are not good. I mean, I I like it when the Celtics are winning big, like last night. But any other time when it when the games are up by that much, I'll have them on in the background. But I mean, I put them on mute because it's just like 
this isn't competitive. And I, I would rather watch worse competitive basketball than the than vice versa. I I don't think it's been quality basketball, at least not in the Miami Boston series for sure. I think Golden State has cer- certainly shined in moments, and even Dallas has shined in moments as well, even on some attempted comebacks, but. When you look at the depth of, of Dallas, I think they're just so flawed. When you look at the depth of Golden State, they're, they're not comparable. There's there's seven guys on, on Golden State you'd probably draft for even the second guy on Dallas. And it, it may not be even that exaggerated, but when they're in that system and playing in that sort of way, you could just plug in guys. Kaminga's playing. Moody's playing. Moody start. Moody start? I mean, this is... This is a rookie. <laughs> These guys are kicking ass with a rookie out there right now. This is their, they're just getting better day by day. I, I'm very impressed with Golden State. I just think it shows the depth of them and the flaws of Dallas is the lack of depth. When you can focus on one guy, I mean, would you rather have Finney Smith or Andrew Wiggins in the corner? It sounds like it's uh, it's okay, maybe a more comparable you know, player comparison, but the problem is, is that they're not playing alongside Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, and Steph Curry. They're playing just with Luka. It's, it's different. It's hard to do it all on your own, and I think Luka's stuck in this compromising situation where their best chance for them is just shoot it every single time, but that doesn't get anyone else involved and the games he gets everyone else involved and they make shots, they win. But the games he gets everyone else involved and they miss, they go 0 for 10 like Bullock did. And I think Finney Smith had an 0 for 12 game as well. You're not going to win those games. Not, not at this level. You're barely going to win that game in a regular season, not in a series. So I, I guess I'm not that surprised by Dallas being down 0 three. I'm just shocked that Luca has continued to actually try to get his team involved and it hasn't just said, you know what, this is gonna be a game I go for eighty one. Let's just let's just do it. And maybe maybe that's coming tonight. I, I hope we at least get some effort out of them. I could also see them saying, look, we're down oh three. This is way more than I think they expected this year. There's no such thing as moral victories, but I wouldn't be disappointed by this season if you're Dallas, especially taking out Phoenix that everyone everyone yeah. expected to be there. So yeah, once once you get on on the court with the Warriors, it's oh, okay. Look, maybe, maybe we got a shot. But if you had, uh, you know, a month ago said, "Hey, you can sign up to go against the Warriors, but you're going to get swept," I think you you'd sign up for that for sure. And you can look back and go, "Hey, we beat the the, the number one seed, the far and away best regular season team this year." You know, took them to seven, won a game seven on the road. You set all sorts of records for dominating uh, a, a playoff game seven on the road. So, yeah, they have nothing to, uh, to hang their hats about. But I think it actually has more to do with the starters than with the, with the bench. The Warriors have some bench guys, but in the, in the last game, only two of their bench guys played more than, more than 10 minutes. I think it just has more to do, like you said, of you're going against Curry, Draymond, and, and Clay, and you, just, you look at the, the, the Dallas starters, and – there, you, you're not seeing a lot of uh, kids walking around outside of Dallas with uh, non-Luca jerseys on from from the Dallas Mavericks. And that's not to take anything away from the guys they have there. I, I think if you're Dallas, you just have to accept the opportunity that this team can improve a lot, and you got this far. And the improvements that they're going to be capable of aren't anything drastic. And I think everyone on their roster has value because of their success this year, and I think that'll hopefully make it easier to move them package them or add to them because I think all these pieces are pretty flexible but you need more you need more to make this next step this isn't going to be able to get it done I don't think you'd I wouldn't run this back exactly and hope for the same result next year because you got a lot of other another teams fun coming. uh fun fact for you maybe a little bit of uh, a little bit of trivia can you name the one all-star that uh Luca has played with the one oh, like in in this like in the same season so a Luca teammate that was an all-star that year. There's no way. Was Porzingis an all-star? There's no way. Nope. Was Dirk an all-star? Did they play together this rookie it's, year? It's sort of, a, it's sort of a, a trick question because it was Dirk and it was that year that Adam Silver, I can't even remember what they called it, but it was like the the bonus All Stars, and Dirk and Dwayne Wade got to go on the All Star team. So technically, he's had one All Star teammate, but really that was Dirk in his final season, and that was I don't even know what you call it a legacy candidate. So really, he's played with no All Stars up to this point, and for sure, he's young. The team's young. All Star is a little bit of a 
how did you do the first half of the year? But to your point of they got room to grow, they're, they're going to have to grow if they really want to be contenders. But the, the formula is there, and the rest of the league is going to have to figure out a way to beat him. I, I don't think like, – do you still feel like like Golden State is beating Luka? I, I think Luka's making the right plays. He's doing everything he can. If he just had a he guy – He 40 could, points last game. If he just had a guy that could make a shot in the corner, like Golden State's got four of them, then then he's, then it's in. You know, I'm just saying, just add one of those guys over here and give Luka that. Just give him one guy that he can bail him out and make a corner three – it's a completely different game. If they had P.J. Tucker, I think this would be a completely different series. Just somebody. I'm looking at the uh, at, at the salary. Dude, this is their team, unless they make uh, a major trade. Tim Hardaway Jr. is under contract the next three years. Spencer Dinwiddie, the next two. Bertans, the next three. Dwight Powell, the next one. Luka, obviously, for a while. Reggie Bullock, the next two. Dorian Finney-Smith, the next four. So... All the main pieces are all in this for the long haul. So unless you are, you're making a move, they're all in like that mid contract, you know, between ten million and twenty million. But so you you would think if you wanted to package something, you could figure something out. But you're you're definitely not having cap space to just sign somebody. All right. Well, maybe you're able to exchange one of these guys for a draft pick. I mean, how late of a draft pick would it have to be for you to get Finney Smith if you're I don't know, like the 15th pick? Is that is that entertaining? No, got- that's not going to work. You're, you're not going to get high enough to get one of like the top three guys that are actually going to be able to make a, make a difference. And I don't think those teams that are that low want uh, a solid rotation guy. I mean, he's a little better than like a solid rotation guy, but I, I don't think that he, he, he serves his purpose better on a playoff team than he would on a, a – possible possibly still tanking bottom you know bottom of the of the the rebuild sort of sort of team all right then what about the desperation free agent market here where james hart is out there westbrook seems pretty desperate on the trading market as well i is there is there any big swing that could actually make this team better with those sort of moves i don't know if it's necessarily it would have to be a sign and trade so you're gonna have to lose something and I, I think you have Luca. You don't need uh, a Harden or something like that. You don't need more firepower. You, you need more, like you said, of supporting guys. Like maybe, maybe Dinwiddie can make the make the jump. I still think this team could benefit from a Joe Harris, a Bagdanovich, either Bagdanovich or a just just somebody with a little bit more than than that. Even like a Joe Ingles, just who can at least handle the ball a little bit too and shoot it's just it's just a little bit more just a little bit more to this roster and i don't think that's a bad thing like i said this is still a very successful year but the uh, the options and hopefully the opportunity to make an improvement and hopefully package something like that for just similar type players maybe you just need a new new scenery sort of thing with any of these guys and, and there's a chance maybe one of them gets better hardaway i don't know if the story is entirely written for him i i think he still has an opportunity to be better dinwiddie can be more consistent i think that's his improvement Luca, in theory, could be in better shape, but until that actually slows him down and just doesn't have a slow start to the season, he, he, they're not losing this series because of Luca. So I'm not gonna like say, yeah, no. he's got to get better at this. He's got to do this. So you could pick on all that, and maybe his career will last a little bit longer if he is healthier. But he's, they're not losing the game because of him. I, I'm not gonna say he needs to make any changes or any sort of improvement. No, and even you, I mean, you could nitpick at his at his defense, but. He's carrying all of the, the offensive workload. But, yeah, looking at their, their salary, they next year are going to be either in the luxury tax or just under the luxury tax, and that does not include uh, re-signing uh, Jalen Brunson. Well, we'll see. Either way, the the lottery happened the other day. This this always feels like it comes super soon, and and, and in a way it's not. It's just the more of the season's getting wrapped up and we got to get this lottery out here and the draft comes up very shortly after the finals and then there's free agency and it, the season just never really ends. It's just great. I think that's exactly what the NBA wanted. And I think they had a I think they had a good draft uh, options this year. I think they're going to be happy with all these players. The, the rumors are it's going to be a pretty good draft. I'll let you kind of vouch a little bit more for that. 
any any shocking uh, results really with the lottery? I mean, it's mostly chalk here. But is there yeah, not not unusual? You know, they they balanced out the the, the top three or the top three or top four odds. Oh, top 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 three odds. So you're not sure who's going to get the, uh, the 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 number one pick, and then the uh, the Kings moved up a little bit, and the the Pistons moved down a little bit. Uh, don't love that the the Kings got rewarded for being bad again. <laughs> they're in the they're in the lottery every year, so just. I guess that's kind of the point, but just seems like at some point, hey, if you can't figure it out, maybe let somebody else uh, figure it out. Do you uh, have you looked into any of the mock drafts or anything? Do you have a, a player that you would like to see go at, uh, at number one to the Magic? There's pretty much it's considered a a three player kind of at the top, and no one's really differentiated themselves. You have a uh, Jabari from uh, Auburn. You have uh, Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, and you have uh, Paulo from from Duke. I'm not ready to trash Chet yet. I just I wouldn't draft him. I wouldn't take Chet. I really wouldn't. And and I maybe I look like a silly guy who was just saying you know I wouldn't take Luca, but it's not the same thing. Luca was playing professional basketball. The only weird thing about it was kind of like the Lamelo thing, where we didn't really have the greatest film and you didn't have the greatest pound for pound comparison of who they're, who they're playing against as well as the coaching and the lifestyle of it all. Like there's a lot of reasons like that sort of stuff doesn't compare. I feel like the scouts have adjusted very well to knowing the, the rating of college guys and who they played against. I think we have a good value indicator of that. But with all that being said, I just think Chet's such a weird player that I don't know what it's going to look like in the NBA of being a sustainable long-term thing. And perhaps the playmaking thing, becomes much more of a, a Jokic thing but I, it just seems very fragile to me it doesn't I haven't seen a guy that size with that body type come in and have immediate success or even long-term success so I I, I have I don't really have any reason other than that to, than to say his body type concerns me a lot but on the court he seems to kind of always get the job done and maybe he'll be able to do that uh, at a higher level with the competition but I I have my doubts I don't have my doubts about the other two quite as much but I'm not as high on this draft as everyone else, and that that makes me worried because sometimes it's the opposite. It's like if you expect it to be good, it ends up being terrible. If it's ends up if there's an expectation of being terrible, they surpass expectations. It's like you know what, this mm-hmm. is actually really good. But the last couple have been good, and the rumors are that we're getting better at all of this, and that the players coming in are, you know, just feeding the talent talent pool in the NBA. That there's there's a lot more depth this year, and I think we're seeing that despite some of the last. Uh, blowouts this this past game I think overall it was a pretty good playoff run I think there was a lot of teams that felt like they had a chance at winning it this year and that's that's better for the league and I think it's better for us as fans knowing that there's a lot of teams that are fighting for it it's not just three it's not just two it's not just one as well as there's a lot of homegrown teams having success Golden State homegrown Dallas essentially is homegrown to the Luka extent and the Celtics are homegrown as well as you got to give Miami a lot of props. This is a completely different roster than the LeBron, Bosch, and Wade thing, and that was not that far ago. And here they are once again competing for a title. They were made the finals a year ago, and the, the, the bubble, and that was a little weird of a season. But that's um, that's a quick turnaround for them too, and that's not through the super team. So I like that. I like all of this, and hopefully the draft just continues to add more talent to the league, and there's not more super teams, and that these these teams are actually are able to build through this. But you look at teams like the Kings in Sacramento, how, how long and how many just, you know, not your destiny Island of being stuck in, in, Tor- in uh, Toronto in Sacramento over there. It's just not, not ideal. Nobody, nobody really goes there and has yet had the success as well as I feel like they're constantly in the pressure of having in the lottery of going in a different direction, taking the best player available, which is kind of what you have to do. But then you end up with this weird roster that they, they, they have a lot of talent, but it doesn't, it never makes sense because it, it, it's not working. And I don't know how you fix that. It seems like they're constantly bringing player after player and GM after GM to try and you know do whatever they can, but it's just unfortunate. Like who who do you think is going to draw the straw of ending up in Sacramento? Uh, I think that the uh, the fourth pick right now is looking like Keegan Murray from uh, from Iowa. Yeah, that poor poor kid. I already feel bad for him. Uh, you- what I thought was funny is the. Uh, Sabonis was the representative from from Sacramento, and when they got you, you, you know he was supposed to be at you know the slot they were at, and then 
you don't see it, so you know you got bumped up. So he kind of smiled a little bit. But all the other players that were there looked absolutely miserable. Like Dame, Dame was there, and yeah, he he must have gotten one of those you know talks from from the owner and the general manager of hey, we really need you there, we really want you there. Yeah, you got to imagine he was like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And whatever they said, I'm just like, hey, you're the franchise. You know, you're the face of the franchise. You have to do it. You have to do it. You know, but you know, they're they're doing the little thing beforehand. You know, they interview people. They then they show you on TV as they're going through. And uh, you, I don't know if I could think of a worse place that he would have like preferred to be at. It's not his job to build the team, but this almost feel like they were handcuffing him to the team where it was like no you need to you need to represent the team so you you don't think about leaving you know you, you don't you don't have a you, you were just uh, here representing us at the draft that means you can't get out pj washington was there for for charlotte and there were there was one more i thought there was no the, no those those were the three and he looked miserable like why am i here where you have so many other options you know there was you, know, you could have gone to the, the the president of basketball operations. He, uh, the um, the the Cavs went with Anderson Verjao. The Oklahoma City Thunder went with Nick Collison. Like, I, I get, like there's people that want to be there. The, the Spurs had uh, had David Robinson. Just Detroit had Rip Hamilton. Just it seems like there's opportunities for past legends or guys that aren't the players that don't get as much spotlight. Do Dame you... gets to go out there and play every game. He gets plenty of spotlight for him to have to go. I don't even know where this this was, but to get you know dragged to this, and you can just tell he couldn't even fake like he was interested or that he wanted to be there. Would you Would you want to go? Would you want to represent Boston? It'd be fun for me. Yeah, I always wonder if it'd be better if we just nominated a fan like that. That would be fun too if they did a, some sort of a. You know, it doesn't have to be a roped in with, with Top Shot, but Top Shot's really trying to push uh, fan leaderboards, whether it was that or whether the team just had a had a lottery or a uh, a social campaign saying, hey, prove you're the biggest Celtics fan and you'll get a you get to be the representative at the lottery. You don't do anything. You just sit there. It's not like there's a, you, you could mess up. No. Nope. You, you, you sit there and you smile and you wear your your your, your team's uh, your team's gear. I don't think your excitement if this actually happened would be faked it would be genuine versus i think it's faked all the other time that everyone's there they're like i have no control i'm just i'm just supposed to be a smiling face that just cheers recklessly with whatever happens and if it doesn't go our way i just i just look miserable there's a lot less for pressure the, uh for the for the general managers and the the, the the basketball people it is a huge situation for them because this is luck deciding whether you're possibly going to be employed in the next couple of years in, in this draft, they're saying, you know, it's a top three draft. There are other drafts where it's a top one draft. There are other ones, you know, there's not really as much pressure. But with this one, it seems like if you get in the top three, you're, you're not getting a – I don't think you're getting a once-in-a-generation of talent. You're not looking at the next LeBron, but you're looking at a, ooh, I think we can get a starter that can impact this team pretty quick and can, you know, set us at least in the right direction. Make it so we're not a, a, a full-on tank team for multiple years. It seems crazy to blame your representative to think that that's like you just find the luckiest person in the world. Is that, is that what we're supposed to doing? Is that how we pick the fans? We just start interviewing like, hey, how's your day going? Well, you know, I, I found twenty dollars today. He's like, well, you know what? Why don't you go represent us up there? <laughs> like, that might not be a bad idea. Although I think they actually they do the lottery draw ahead of time, but I don't think it's days ahead of time. I think it's just during the afternoon. So. Uh, yeah, I think you could get the lucky guy beforehand, but maybe maybe that would be an issue. Either way, it's it'll be an ongoing thing. I, I'm sure we'll get much more into the the draft prospects. Like you said, it, it seems like there's a three in some sort of order. Yeah, pretty much just a a month away from from the draft. I'll I'll come to much more of a conclusion on my Chet Holmgren analysis. I I I'm skeptical. You you don't seem to be as concerned about it. Would you want him like if? on uh, on Chet? Yeah. It, I, I mean, I'm kind of right where you are. Of 
would go and look at him and go, oh, way too skinny. How is he going to box out NBA size guys? But now in this NBA, it's well, is he even really banging bodies so much, or is he? You know, he can, he definitely blocks shots. When you're blocking shots, you don't body up with people, and he he goes out and he can play on the perimeter. Uh, has like a little bit of a little bit of a handle. Super tall, and so just want don't want to just go with the the old school thinking of just oh well, absolutely not. There's no way, but. I do agree with you that didn't see him play much, kind of like Luca, but Luca was in Europe playing against grown men and was the MVP of those leagues where Chet was uh, the reason I didn't really see him play so much was because he was playing for Gonzaga, who are perennial contenders in college, but their regular season, their conference isn't very good. So there's a little bit of, well, is he, did he kind of ride the coattails of that a little bit? I, I just think his advantages we're we're gonna shrink a lot, which they always do. You, you go to from playing different competition. You know, you go from playing, you know, maybe every other team has one or two, maybe three guys max that are likely NBA potential lottery guys. Like that doesn't. And now you go to a league where they're all lottery guys. Everybody gets, you know, was drafted. Everybody's yeah. the talent level is just so much higher. And I don't know the advantage that he's he has of just being taller, kind of lankier, and and kind of crafty is, is going to be as effective in that. But I, I've seen guys, like if, if you're a smart basketball player, you'll find a home in the NBA. I, I think even guys like Giddy, where it was like, well, look, he's really smart at basketball. He's like, but he can't do this. He's kind of weird with the way he plays and his style. I don't know what it looks like. Well, I didn't know what it was going to look like, and, it, and it's looked pretty good so far. But I, I also look at the the other OKC project over there of uh, Pokashevsky, and, and I wonder – is it more likely to be Giddy, or is it more likely to be that? I, I, it, it could be a combination of Jokic and Miles Turner. I don't know what that looks like, though. It's, it's kind of strange. To go uh, a little draft uh, adjacent, did you watch or hear anything from the, the NBA Combine? No, nothing. Didn't pay attention at all. I did see it was on. Did not put it on. See that? See that's concerning to me that you as like a NBA fan didn't really hear anything. Me as an NBA and a college fan didn't really hear anything. I'd asked another buddy as I saw a college fan asked if he heard anything. And he think maybe said like, I kind of heard this one thing and like, that was it. It's like, the combine's definitely going on, right? Checked it. Yeah, no, it's definitely going on. And then it was like, let me like look and I looked through my Twitter and then I found an article like, Hey, biggest risers in the, in the, in the combine. Okay. Let me click on it. Turns out, I knew that the top guys didn't don't do the combine and haven't for a while. It's up to they estimated that forty guys don't participate in the combine. There's only thirty first round draft picks, so it's like, is it even worth doing the combine if over is closer to it's closer to all of the draft picks not being there than none of them. I, it's, I'm going to be, maybe this is an unfair analysis here, but the combine really only helps guys that maybe don't look as great on film where it's like, well, this guy constantly turns the ball over or he's not that great at dribbling, but he can jump 40 inches and he can bench whatever. If we could just teach this guy to play basketball, he's really strong and he can jump really high already. Like he's got those boxes checked versus other guys maybe know how to play but maybe don't have the physicality of it and they're only going to get embarrassed showing up there to be like well i'm a pretty good player i'm really smart i know how to use my body but i i can only jump 20 inches i, I play very much towards the ground i'm not i'm not getting off this and but i'm very effective and you're never going to notice that flaw in my day-to-day -day kind of game but you are going to notice it we're just going to straight up measure this stuff so i i guess there's some disadvantage to that where i think basketball iq has improved across the board like i said there's better talent in the nba I think guys are getting better, better coaching. There's other options beyond just college. I think college coaching has been really good across the board, but you do have guys like uh, Jalen Green out of the G League. You've got European guys that are getting better for playing overseas. There's there's just there's just ways to get better at basketball right now, and maybe there's more value in getting better at basketball, not necessarily better at your physical strengths, that you can kind of do that along with your career like most people do. I mean, would you rather – I don't want to pick players and be like, would you rather be a smart player 
that can't even like I guess suppose Kevin Durant is kind of an example of this where it's like we clearly saw him in college be a really good basketball player but at the combine I don't think he would do the minimum bench press I don't think he could do one no he didn't so it it just shows you where you know maybe it was really helpful to get semi Ojale a roster spot but it really wasn't going to make a difference for Kevin Durant and it's not the greatest example but you kind of get what I'm saying where it it didn't matter for Durant. He had a dominance over that of just playing. It, it, it didn't matter that he couldn't do this. He could get better at that over time versus I think guys that are a little bit more borderline, they need this. They need to say, well, you know, he's an okay shooter. We could either take the guy that's an okay shooter and is an okay athlete or we could take the okay shooter, but the guy is, like, in really good shape and jumps really high. And that's only going to be proven at the combine. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, why, why are we even doing a combine? For... It's like should should we be should we be altering the combine so more guys participate? I mean, there was an interview portion and there were measurements that were were taken that I saw from some some of the guys come out. But just from from a content standpoint, you know, the NFL is always looking to maximize the amount of content coming out. The NBA is you know right behind it. But if the whole combine happened and we don't really have anything to talk about, doesn't it seem like a missed opportunity? Yeah. Yeah, it does. But what are you going to do? You're going to force guys to go to this? That's what I mean. You you, you can't force them. So it, it, it's it got to be outside the box thinking. And we well, can't pay them. Yeah, right. Because you, you haven't been drafted yet. Yeah. So I, I don't have the I don't have the answer. But it seems like what's going on with the combine now is it's the end of the second round guys that are even participating. There's really not a ton of uh Name brand uh, talent. I think the one name uh, I recognized was was Drew Timmy from Gonzaga, and I mean I'm pretty plugged in, and there were very few names that I, I recognized. The other thing is, <laughs> like if all the good players don't want to do this, what, what is what is even good anymore? Like what's no? But that's the thing is I can see and I got got before when it was the top five guys didn't do it, but now if we're up to the top forty. There's only 60 guys in the draft. It's it's something we'll have to keep on, you know, pay attention. It'll be ongoing. It's interesting that it's played out that way, though. It, it's kind of disappointing. It should be entertaining. It really should be entertaining, though. You, you should be able to be like, wow. I, I watch. watched a little bit of the uh, – It should be like the, the Olympics, right? Like we're, It should be like, – how do we make it like that? People watch that. Uh, well, countries are involved with that. Uh, I, I watched. I watched some of the scrimmages. Or there were, I think there were two scrimmages, and I watched uh, a little bit of the the first one. And it, it's just kind of hard to watch because I mean it's 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 just a it's just a scrimmage. So they're in pennies. It's kind of hard to see their their names. I almost need the uh, the the 2K where the names above the head, where when you're watching uh, an NBA game, you know at least we were watching a lot of games. I can recognize pretty much all the players. You know, every once in a while, it's like, oh, who's that? Oh, okay. And, you know, especially in these series where you're playing the same team over and over and over again, you, you, you pick them out. Where with this, it's, I don't know any of these guys. So you're just constantly like, is that the same guy that just did that cool pass before? Is this a different guy? Was there a sub? You know, so I, I think uh, there, there could be some adjustments made, but it, it's pretty inside baseball because I can't imagine a lot of casual fans are interested in the, end of the second round guys playing against each other my big thing with the scrimmage is you have 10 guys trying to fight for a roster spot do you think they're going to play together they all have individual needs they, they all yeah. want to prove something and they can't all prove that same thing together they can't all prove that they can shoot they can't all prove that they're playmaking at the same time as well as you're not really doing yourself any favors of being the role guy out there either it's like no you're, we want we're looking for somebody who can do more we're not trying to draft mm -hmm. a role guy it's it's not good basketball. It's not a comfortable comfortable thing to be at. If you've ever been to, I, I went to at least two scouting camps like this where they're they're doing this sort of stuff, and it's just everybody is trying to go out there and prove something so hard that it, it doesn't work. There's only one ball, and there's there's only two teams. It, it feels like there's ten teams playing against ten other guys. It, it doesn't it doesn't work. It, it's, it's you you say that, but uh, if this is you, you know pick forty through pick 60, maybe they are looking for role players. Maybe they see a guy go out there and score uh, 26 points, and they just go, nope, he's not going to get that much time. But you see the guy that's hustling, and 
making you know, the extra locking pass. A guy, uh, <laughs> locking a guy down. It's like, actually, this is exactly what we're looking for at pick 48 uh, in the draft. Look, yeah, that that's that makes more sense. Maybe the game is better because it's it's role guys like that. Somebody who's not afraid to set screens, go back door, make the extra pass, do the hockey assist sort of stuff. There's there's value in all of that, and I think there's certain guys in the league that have really figured that sort of stuff out. Like I think Alex Caruso is one of those guys. I've mentioned him before. Is he he figured out he could be a role guy, he could be a hustle guy. He just needs to be able to do these sort of things. I think there's more players that should be striving for that sort of ability. But the draft, like you said, is next month. I'm sure we'll talk about a lot more about that. We've got about 10 minutes left on the podcast to discuss a couple football stories. We've got an XFL thing and an NFL Pro Bowl thing. Two things that no one's ever going to watch, but give us some reasons why we could watch them and where we could watch them. Well, I'll start with the uh, the XFL. Uh, I thought it was interesting that the that ESPN didn't really seem to be touching the uh, the spring league. I know that it was on uh, other channels, but just would have thought, hey, it's football. Everybody likes watching football. There would at least be a little something, but they really stayed away from it. Now this makes sense. They're going to be supporting a rival league, I guess. Uh, So the the XFL said they have an agreement with Walt Disney and ESPN to carry the league's broadcast rights from 2023 to 27. Now, none of these leagues have really lasted that long, so that'll be interesting. But if you can get on ESPN, both the live and if you can get some sort of segment, you know, the content off of the content, that's how you might be able to gain a little bit of traction. One of the things for these leagues, too, is if I hear that there's a game on and it's not immediately super easy to watch, I it's a, it could just be uh, too hard. Nope, got to move on. But if it's on ESPN... Well, I've got ESPN, and they have the the whole ESPN Plus. They have ABC. So if they're doing this in the in the summertime, good uh, opportunity without other things to have to compete with. As well as if this does not go great, you kind of hide it on ESPN Plus. Get people uh, you know that are really diehards. They're saying, "I love this league. I'm willing to pay extra for it." Here you go. But I think some of the other leagues, if I can't find it, I can't watch it. Where with this. If they have a decent product, there there's a chance, and we'll see. I have low expectations. If you're an ESPN broadcaster, reporter, or whatever staff member, will say, are you are you excited for maybe an opportunity to do the XFL games, or do you feel like this is, oh man, I can't believe they put me on the XFL games. I, I I've been working my ass off to get whatever show and and I didn't think I'd end up with the the league that nobody cares about on here. I think if you're established and you get put uh, at the XFL, that's a pretty clear message that your career is on the uh, head in the wrong direction, but maybe it'll be the opportunity for some younger guys or some guys that are looking for a second chance to say, Hey, this is not the NFL, but here's a way I can get back to the NFL or here's a way I can get to the NFL. If I really kill it in this role. The same way the XFL guys are looking at it is I can play well here. I can go play in the big boy league. My only issue with all of this is that I wish it wasn't Disney in, in ESPN and the fact that I, I, I wish we had an adult league, which is kind of what the XFL used to be. And I think if we're going to do that, we're going to put it on streaming. Perhaps you could put, you know, an adult content sort of uh, a little bit more. Oh, not, okay. Not, not necessarily vulgar, but, you know, not like – like adult stuff, like it's not for kids, and you're not gonna ever get that on 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 Disney or or ESPN. There's never, there's no way that's ever gonna be offered. So I, I, in some ways, I feel like that was a missed opportunity. But you're gonna get more viewership, I think, even through this. Even if I personally would enjoy an HBO, you know, a, a raw sort of thing where with you know potentially mm-hmm. bigger names, like a, like a like an HBO Manning cast, essentially. Like I, I want I want something like that. And you're not really going to get that I ever think, through I think that, uh, you know, the, the Manning cast was pretty successful. And so going that, that route could uh, could definitely be, be interesting. Uh, but while on the topic of uh, ES, or ESPN and HBO, HBO announced their Hard Knocks team. It's going to be the Arizona Cardinals, which... The in-season Hard Knocks. The in-season. What is the uh, preseason going to be? That one... I don't know. We don't know yet. Okay. I, 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 it may have already that, that news may have already come out, but I, I, I did I didn't know. 
do you expect to find out more information on our recently suspended wide receiver over there or less information with this? I don't think you're going to find out much. I did not watch the Colts one this past year. Uh, I can see why they're doing it, uh, but I'm definitely not the, the audience for it. In August, always love watching Hard Knocks. It's kind of, a, for me, the unofficial kickoff to, to football. Of It's a reality show, but it's a reality show about football. You get some, some nice stories. There's always the, you know, the guy that you were hoping would make the team that gets, gets cut. You can watch the preseason game and then kind of see the, the behind the scenes. I, I think that's fun. Gets you kind of ready for, for fantasy football. But once the ball, like football actually happens, the reality show portion of it, don't care anymore. Now the Patriots are playing. Now I'm focused. Now I got fantasy. Now I have highlights to watch. I'm all the way in on the, the football portion of it. I could definitely see how it would be interesting for other people. And this team does seem like a good team to do it with. Like you said, um, DeAndre Hopkins will be coming back. This is going to kick off in November, so right around when he's going to be looking to to come back. So that could be an interesting storyline. Uh, the Kyler Murray is he going to play this year? Is he going to hold out? That could be interesting. As well as in the past, Arizona usually starts off pretty hot, and then right when this is going to happen is when it kind of uh, goes south. I'm going to say. <laughs> so there's definitely some interesting storylines I could see coming out of this, but they're NFL teams. They're not going to let this be a true reality. You're actually going to learn some things. I don't remember anything coming out news wise last year. That was, Oh yeah. Did you you watch hard knocks on this? Oh, that was crazy. This here's the headline. It was, Nope, the show's on. I've heard of it, but there's nothing that's really going to get your, get your juices flowing, get you excited. I think the bizarre part about all of this is if you're wrong, if you're reviewing this on paper and like you said, neither of us are truly the target market on this. Like there's just probably not even much of a reason that we should even discuss this, but just, just for the theory of this last year was actually probably a really good year for this sort of show for the Colts. If you, if you look at their season and you review it all on the roller coaster ride of up and down expectations, not having any, and then suddenly having expectations and then blowing all those expectations. If you were to write a book, or a storyline for a, a, a show like this where it's 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 fake drama being beefed up into all of this. That is kind of an ideal storyline where you can actually have an up-and-down season. And I, and I think Arizona has the potential to have that with even some more names. It, just, it may not always go that way is really what I'm saying. Like, Is it more entertaining when the team's just really good and then it's just boring? Or is it more entertaining when it's an up-and-down thing? I think it's more entertaining where there's actual up-and-down so it's an, like an actual show full of up and downs and not just a straight linear improvement or whatever. And maybe, maybe we missed an opportunity last year of that with the, the Colts reality. And and maybe it might not be that way this year for Arizona, but there's a good chance it might be. The, the seasons are always unpredictable, especially when you, we regularly have playoff teams of the previous year, not making them the next year and teams that didn't make it making it. So I, I, who knows what Arizona is going to end up being. They're certainly in an interesting division. I think that alone hearing some prep about maybe whatever team they have coming up is, is going to be fascinating and maybe that'll be the hook. Uh, all right. We got about two minutes here. What's going on with the pro bowl. Is this even worth talking about? They are looking into if they should still have the pro bowl. Is that the news? Is that, okay. Yep. The league has spoken to players. The NFL teams is now exploring alternatives to the week long pro bowl celebration, which would include the elimination of the traditional tackle game. No issue there. Th- this isn't going to happen. This is great to get rid of it. I'm curious to see what they replace it with. But nobody's nobody's going to miss this. N- no one. See, you, you say that, and I think I brought this up uh, when the Pro Bowl happened, that we always clown on it and laugh at it. But when you look at the numbers, it like the Pro Bowl that day gets more viewers than the, the primetime and an NBA game from that Saturday or Sunday, probably even combined. So I don't think that uh, whoever is, uh, you know, their, their, their broadcasting partners is going to love this because even though it's, it's a joke and everyone thinks it, it says that, there are enough people watching it to make it so, oh, well, what are we going to replace this with to make this money, guys? Because people don't want it like walking away from, from, from money. Okay, but what if 
what if it was anything else that could be potentially better and all those people that already watched it watched it and some actual new people watched it and cared about it and talked about it and looked forward to it in the one week gap that we don't have football i i just think it could be it could be something i don't know what it ends up being but the if this was up to adam silver i know they would figure out something crazy and it, it may be an overcorrection if it was silver but it would be different i hope they get away from the game that's all i'm saying i don't know what it ends up being but i hope they get away from it this is kind of exciting news and me almost getting what i want and then i'm going to complain about whatever the new thing is it's gonna be great <laughs> uh but we'll be back next week anything else you got want to add to this we uh got a best of three series coming up go seas go seas all right well we will be back uh, on mondays hopefully sorry about the extra day but at least we got to talk celtics and good news celtics because there was a there was a possibility there where it was like oh man this could really go downhill we're pushing this podcast back we're gonna have a miserable down you know three one or whatever scenario would have been just just so much more upsetting but uh, go seas! I'm kind of rooting for Luca tonight. I want to see more games. I also don't Agreed. want the Warriors to be incredibly rested. So Agreed. let's uh, let's 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 go for let's go for 70 tonight, Luca. Let's let's make it happen. I, I really want to see it. <laughs> column A, little column B.